Today on Twisted and Misunderstood, we have an amazing guest, someone that you would have probably come across at some point if you listen to podcasts and radio stations. But for us here on Twisted and Misunderstood, this is a first all the way from Melbourne, Australia. It's Nikki Colombo. Welcome, Nikki. Hi, Dom. How are you doing? I'm really good. Now, you do your own radio show, don't you? You do True Frequency Radio hosting, and that's amazing. And you've been doing that for four years now. Yes, actually, yes. Every Sunday, 6 p.m. Pacific time, little plug there, uh, goes for an hour. And I have the most amazing guests coming on, talking all about their UFO experiences, paranormal, um, starseeds, um, ET experiences, awakening, spirituality, all that kind of stuff that people can't normally talk to 3D normies about. I can't wait to tune into your show myself because that sounds just like this show. It's a it's a mirror image of what we do here at Twisted and Misunderstood. So we've got a lot to get through, haven't we, in that in that time that we got. Yep. So tell us a little bit about Nikki. Tell us a little bit about how she came to do this sort of thing. Wow. Okay. Well, um, let's well, I'll start from the beginning. I had a um I had a, a spiritual awakening. Okay. Which blew the top of my head off. <laughs> and um I had I could hear um like Mother Earth calling me mother. I think it was my own mother, right? But in the end I've realized, you know, it was, it was Mother Earth's consciousness calling me going, Nikki. I'm like, what's that? And it sounded like it was very close to my right ear, but also sounded like it was very far away. And I'm like, okay, what's going on here? So I had this rumble in my feet and it all rippled up through my body. And um, and then I could I started to see kind of on a more broader and more depth. Obviously, my third eye was wakening, but I didn't know anything about what was going on at the time. I was, I had no idea about esoterics. I loved sci-fi. I was a very kind of commercial 3D normie kind of girl for a very long time. I didn't, I wasn't into hippie stuff and crystals and all that kind of stuff, right? And I had no idea, I, I, but I did love sci-fi. I did love ETs and aliens and all that kind of stuff and realised later on that I am actually one, but that was quite shocking. But um, the very... <laughs> It's quite, it's quite a jump to you, Nikki, but you're, you're sort of talking about my life story there a little bit. So I sort of re- relate to that. How far back did you start this? When, how many years back did this happen? 2007, a year before Facebook. <laughs> Gosh, AD Facebook, eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? How we, we changed the reference points. You know, we used to look at it as um, before Christ. Now we look at it before Facebook. It's just. Uh... <laughs> and I noticed, I worked out that a lot of, well, there was a lot of information, a lot of star seeds kind of awoken on two, in 2007, 2008. There was a specific frequency or something that came in that tended to wake a lot of people up and it was shocking kind of overnight it wasn't gradual at all this was these were downloads that came in that went kabang and it completely changed my life overnight the thing is Dom is that the very next day I was doing the vacuuming you know I had the kids I had a couple of kids and they were at school at the time and I'm vacuuming the house and someone sent me um, a musician friend sent me this um this link to um, David Icke and, um, and George Nori, and I was listening to it. I was, I was vacuuming the house, you know. And then George Nori asked David Icke, "Well, how has this conspiracy been going on for David?" And David goes, "Well, some people might be shocked to hear this, 
but it's been going on for thousands of years. And at that moment, Dom, I dropped the vacuum cleaner and I sat down and I went, who is this guy? I turned everything off. That's the music in the other room and everything. I turned everything off and I sat down and I listened for two hours straight and that was it. That springboarded me off to not only go and see and, and see his um his events, but read books like an maniac. I had never read, I was, wasn't a very good reader. I wasn't into books very much, I'm a more visual person. And I started reading a lot of books. I actually became, I know this is gonna sound like bragging, but I actually became more intelligent because I was reading more and more books and understanding things on a much more deeper spiritual level. And I actually enjoyed it. And I started reading his books. And then from there, I graduated onto other things and other areas and stuff like that. I actually um, started to work with um, Chris Everard from the Enigma uh, TV. And um, and from there, he had um, he was on um, True Frequency Radio. From there, I met Chris and Cherie Geo in 2008. So that's going back about 15, 16 years. And I've been friends with him for a very, very, very long time. And um, then uh, I was on their show and then Chris asks me, oh, do you want to come on? And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, as a guest, I had no idea he was asking me to come on as a host. So I was like, what? Oh, my God. And so I had to learn all this tech and I was scared and I had, you know, nerves (laughs) just before I was about to... And I, honestly, I had them guide me. And from there on, I, that's when I got all my favourite people that I had discovered over many, many years, people like um, Jordan Maxwell and um, like all the great people that are really out there doing some amazing, amazing work. And um, I met all of them and had them on my show. And things have just grown and grown and grown and grown. Now, I've done a bit of a jump there in between all that time. When I first woke up and I started reading about David and I started getting into other speakers and reading their books and looking at all their videos and stuff like that, I actually started having my own ET experiences where I'd have them come, light beings coming out of the wall and I was sitting in the lounge room. I wasn't drunk. I wasn't stoned. I was straight as I had my eyes open with my own eyes. I wasn't in meditation or anything like that. And I can tell you right now, Dom, I thought I was going to have a bloody heart attack because I'd never seen anything so wild in my life ever. Mm. And this light being drifted like a kind of like a um, a jellyfish, very lightly with beautiful colours and stuff like that and came towards me and floated down here. I'm like this. See, that's great for radio. If anyone is listening wants to know what Nikki was like, she was like she's on a roller coaster going downhill and, and couldn't get her breath. <laughs> that's exactly what she's just actually showed me. <laughs> my heart was going boom, boom. And I'm going, oh my effing God, what is this? And it was beautiful and it was benevolent and I really wanted it to come back and I really wanted to have another experience like that again without being so frightened. And I think they, they, we talk about they a lot, and I think they were gently, um, what is the word, gently bringing me into the idea of my multidimensional um, awareness and that there really are um, other beings out there that really want to make benevolent contact with you now after I had and I was seeing ships in the sky and there was all sorts of you know stuff that I would see because my my third my third eye vision was turned on so I could see it 
um, like metaphysically as well. I could see all different and kind of strange things. Um, and some of them were good and some of them were not so good. So it wasn't until probably about 2012, 2013 is when I had my lab experience and that was unpleasant. They left marks on my body. Um, they injected me um, with scopolamine. Um, they put holographic inserts in my head where they, I thought I was making love to my wonderful twin flame who wasn't my twin flame really. And all this kind of stuff. Um, where I went through like the alien love bite by Eve Logan, if people know about, um, about that, where the um, ETs and the greys are actually doing experiments on relationships with between people who um, have a soul contract but can't actually get together um, in this lifetime, but there's definitely a strong connection there. Um, so the MyLab thing, like in my house, Dom, I had all, it was like close encounters of the third kind, but instead of all the electrical gear going crazy all at the same time, it was a slow and steady torturous thing where, my um, washing machine broke down eight times. And in between those eight times, it was it was um, replaced. Um, I put my hand over the microwave and blew that up. There was something going on with my electromagnetic field where something was happening with that. Like I'd go to the car park and you know those magnetic strips, I'd put that in there and it just wouldn't work. I had all these cars behind me being to go, hurry up, hurry up, and I'm stressing out going, oh my God, I can't. And, all this stuff in the house was crazy. My, the so, kids and so, I were so, so let us know what your home life was like. You know, what was your position while you were going through this? Because you you mentioned your children. You know, I mean, partner, husband. Yeah. You know, what was your setup? Divorced. Divorced. Because after my Kundalini awakening, and he wasn't awake, it completely. It completely changed my whole outlook okay. on life. So, so you were looking after your children. You were responsible yeah. for the house, bringing up the children, and you yeah. were going through all these changes and all these awakenings all at the same time. Yeah, but also every electrical thing in my in my house was breaking down and going crazy. So, Nikki, you know, what, I, were you, what were you like at undoing straitjackets? Were you pretty good? Because it sounds <laughs> like you needed to be able to unbuckle them pretty fast. <laughs> oh, honey, I tell you, the amount of times that people have said that to me and now are coming to the realisation, hey, you were right. I might have thought you were crazy 15 years ago, but I'm having my own experiences now and I'm coming to you for advice. <laughs> and this is the thing, isn't it? It's not a crazy thing. It's something that you're actually experiencing on a top level and it's in your awareness it's in the yes. fabric of every movement that you have, and it's affecting your day-to-day -day life. So it's yes. a very real experience. And I want the listeners to know this, because people well, that experience this, it's very real. It is, and and it's, and it's I didn't realise how dangerous it was. I knew nothing about my label I was going through. What I'm telling you right now is all hindsight, and I've realised what it was. These oh. projects cost nearly $4 million, Dom. I had no idea that the, that the, like I lived on a mountain and I kept questioning why would a guy who owns a semi-trailer truck live in a, in a mountain up here and have his truck parked out there? I had no idea that that was central intelligence and that's where they were doing the operations from. I let's had no idea. Let's cross-reference that, Nikki, a little bit. Let's go back a little bit and let's bring that into a perspective so we understand what that comes from. Because you've lived this 
okay and to, to live somewhere which sounds quite isolated you know i know australia i know that there's great vast distances between you know different communities and that you can live on your own isolated very easily there's no there's no need to be amongst people and you're obviously living by yourself on this mountain yes yeah? but the mountain was full of apartments right okay so there's people around you Yes. But then there was this great big semi parked just over the road from you? Um, well, down the slope, and then the road is there. And I'm like, why would someone live here? I had no idea. I realised later on that semi had been there for three months, Dom. Three okay. months they were there as, like, central station, like the operations central where they were monitoring me, listening to me. Do you know what actually another really, really dangerous thing that actually happened to me that I think a lot of your listeners would be really, really benefit from is that when people start to awaken, they think that they're talking to their higher self and they're not. That's V2K. That's voice to skull technology. And here I am getting, getting this voice saying very early in the morning, go outside and take a picture of the moon. And I did. And when I did take a picture of the moon, um, and, and I'll, I'll send you the photos afterwards. And um, the moon had these big pink towers on it and this green stuff on it. And it was like, this was really wild and strange. I mean, Dave, Richard Hoagland would love to see these pictures, right? So they were giving me like evidence, but they were testing me. They were testing to see if it would work. And I'm thinking, I'm talking to the angels and my higher self and all this sort of stuff. And it wasn't. It wasn't until much later on I realised that was V2K, voice okay. skull. Exp explain that a little bit because this might be the first time people listening have come across that. So, you know, it's great. I, I get it myself, but we need to explain yeah. what that is. Well, it usually happens while you're under the MyLab program or MK Ultra or any of these other, other bloody programs that they have. They have thousands of them, right? And these um, are these are government programs that they do yes. to follow people that have close encounters and contact with alien species. OK, yes. And they usually take you to an underground base. But we have Pine Gap here and Trump pulled the funding for Pine Gap. So I don't know what is going on. A lot of the bases here are being cleaned out. Um, but at this time back then, it was in full force. And it wasn't until I spoke to David about it, David Ike, and he said, Nikki, the Russians have had this technology for 30 years. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Are you kidding me? So real benevolent ETs will not speak to you. They will show you or they will imply or something like that. The ones that talk to you, you have to be really careful about. And this is where voice to skull technology comes in. It can come from from the towers. It can come from your phone, any kind of electrical equipment that you will hear a voice saying, go and do this. And you do. You go and do it because you think you're talking to your higher self or this sort of that and all that kind of stuff. This is where you go be really careful. Okay, let's let's just get that into perspective because there'll be many people out there listening will be hearing voices. And it's, it's, it, it may sound crazy, but it's a reality. Is, yes. Are these voices like we're talking now or are they voices that yes. you're thinking? No, they are a definite voice that you will hear. Like you and I are talking now and most of the time it's a man. Ah, okay. So and any particular accent to actually understand what sort of man that was? Just a male uh, voice. 
none whatsoever. It's very hard. When I go back into my memories, I try and analyze that. And I, what was it like? And it's, it's hard for me to actually remember, but um, it was definitely like, just like you and I are talking and you're going, where was that coming from? But because you're wait, awakening and you're spiritual and you're open to it, that's when the nasties come in and go, right, let's get this star seed who is here to wake everybody else up. Let's um let's um let's kidnap them. Let's take them to an underground base and let's do some experiments on them. And so, and I'll show you the pictures after the after the show too of of actual. They left a triangle mark on my leg, but it was purple dots, and they there were in, injection marks. And I spoke to James Bartley about this, and he's an um he's an American, but he lives in Australia, and he's like an expert at all of this. And I've been on his show too. And this is what started everything too. Once I got on James's show and talking about my lab and stuff. And he and he said, oh, and I said, oh, James, and but on the other, and sorry, with the there's a purple triangle dotted marks that they left on. I realized one of those injections was scopolamine. And then above that is a little gray that they've imprinted with saying hello to me to try and trick me into thinking it was the grays when it's actually my lab. Now, on the other side of my leg, between where my knee is. On the inside of my knee was a man's thumbprint, and your listeners will understand the implications of that being a woman. Okay, so that's when James, when I told James Bartley about, it, he goes, "Oh, the famous thumbprint," and I'm sitting here in shock, going, "Are you bloody kidding me? You know about this?" He goes, "Oh yeah, this is like become normal now." I'm like, "Oh, it wasn't bloody normal for me, that's for sure." Right. So what they do is they inject you with scopolamine and they get you to um, talk about your ET experiences of what you know. I have no memory of this whatsoever. So obviously one of those injections must have been a something to stop me from remembering that actual experience of being in an underground base and being experimented on. Right. Okay. So memory wipe is quite common. It's sort of memory suggestion is quite common. And also the experiences, although they have commonalities, a lot of them have individual situations that occur during those abductions. So there are little things that are individual to the person themselves. So the thumbprint on the inner knee is something that's quite common to people. Little scoop marks, little triangles, little red marks. They are very... Yeah. I got all them. Yeah, well, I can relate to what you're saying for my own reasons, but we won't talk about me. I want your experiences here. And the experience of having that is life changing because all of a sudden you're actually realizing that the universe is full of intelligent life. It's full of aliens that live amongst us and alongside of us within our military, within our governments, you know. All the conspiracy theories that were taught when we're sort of growing up, they're all pretty much close to the, the edge of where it really is. And David Icke was right when he said the truth will set you free. He was right about that, wasn't he? So uh, he was. And, you know, Dom, I, um, I was so frustrated by all of this stuff of what was happening to me. You know, everything was just upside down and turning into a bloody mess that I actually... Um, I had a uh, hypnotic regression by Misha Johnston, who is a fabulous woman who um, is really right up there with, with um, all the speakers and everything like that. And when I was having my um, regression, I saw the actual MyLab experience. The thing is, I saw two, at the end of my bed, I saw three little greys and they were blue. 
<clears throat> it's kind of stringing kind of hair. So they're kind of more on a, maybe a more of a hybrid kind of thing. They're at the end of my bed. Okay. Overlapping half of that vision of me being in my bedroom, lying down and seeing the three grades at the bottom of the bed was this other vision. They call it, call it um, monochromatic um, illumination where you see two different visions kind of overlapping. It's kind of like when you look at a, a piece of glass and you'll see, say, something bouncing off the glass, but you also see what's behind the glass, so two visions at the same yeah. time. Holographic. Now, this, yeah, yeah. So on this right side, so I'm seeing myself lying down, I see the three little greys, but on the right side, this you're going to love this story. <laughs> this is amazing. Um, here I am, and I'm in the underground base, obviously. I worked this out much later, but I was in a hospital kind of um, scenario, and behind all the equipment, it was very dark and deep and very, like, deep I could tell there was deepness behind that I wasn't in a proper hospital there was that like normally there'd be stuff behind them I could tell there was something very deep behind that and I'm looking down at my wrist and I this this hand is like I don't know um the size of a man say nine eight I don't know eight foot tall and he was doing something with my wrist either strapping it down or doing something and putting in a clamp or something like that to hold me down and Dom this skin was incredible it was like baby skin it was the most incredible skin I'm like oh my god and like Dom we live in Australia everyone's got freckles there's just no I don't care yeah. how dark you are everyone's got freckles here. and this was like baby skin and I'm looking at this hand I'm like holy cow that is the most amazing skin right because i used yeah. to be makeup up so i'm into all that beauty stuff and that. yeah sure and I, look, I look up and i see this gorgeous guy right and he had a I had a mask on like a doctor and a little hat on like a doctor and he was any i think he must have been say seven eight feet tall and he had these bright blue electric eyes right the irises and these long eyelashes and I'm looking at him and the first thing I thought of was oh you're too pretty to be a boy <laughs> I've had a few of those experiences yeah <laughs> muscly and huge he had I see see little tufts of blonde hair he was aesthetically stunning I would have loved to see what was under the mask too and he was doing something in between my legs, obviously getting some sort of DNA kind of material or something like that while he was holding me down. And then, and that vision of, and that and those two visions of the three little greys, and that was kind of overlapping during my um, regression. And that's what filled in a lot of the dots of my experiences. Okay. So I knew, I knew that the greys were hanging around me and doing stuff. I could, they were, I had like a hundred to 200 little red dots all over my stomach that's got something to do with coming in and out of gravity okay in, interesting coming yeah in, yeah coming in and out of gravity your blood or something like that like some 100 tiny little print I, they weren't pinpricks they were kind of because i didn't get a scab on them and same with the um the marks on my leg too they they didn't scab over either that's what was really weird is that they didn't they weren't scab scabby which was really like kind of weird so I know for a fact that, that the greys were hanging around. They've hung around my daughter. My daughter has seen them and she's seen the ships. So is, so is my son in the house. And um, so I know that part of it. I just didn't realise what was going on when I saw this cute look, looking 
obviously okay. Nordic. Yeah, well, Nordic. there's yeah, there's several different. Uh, you mean we know? Right. Yeah, I mean, so they say there's you know lots of different species. Yeah, there should be un, 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 many, many more numbers than we can imagine across the universe. So yeah, I mean, the, the thought of them being here. Right, what you've just described and where they are is very real experience. But for you personally, what do you think their agendas are? What do you think is is what? Everything. Everything is about genetics. Genetics is, is the currency for the universe. Okay. And they so, love to create super races from star seeds like me. Right. So I mean, that's great. So that that really puts that into perspective. So their interest is in genetics. Now, there's something else that I was very interested in. when I did all my research on you, Nikki. And, it, you know, I've got pages of research, so much to find out about you. Right. <laughs> Two hours. Right. But there's something that really got my interest straight away. And it was walk-ins. Because oh, I yeah. I talk about walk-ins a lot because I'm very much into what is the soul and the soul agenda and why is it so unique for humans. So I'm very interested to hear your experiences of walk-ins and what you actually come to understand about walk-ins. Is it is it okay for you to talk a little bit about that now? Yes, darling, it is. Um, I I am not sure. Look. I've come because it's been so long now. I've come to different. I've come to new understandings about that. So I'm not quite sure whether I was a walk-in or not. I, it it just seemed that way to me when I was doing my research because of the awakening that I had was so powerful, and so traumatic, and so overnight, and so downloaded all at once. And it's it wasn't a pleasant experience at all. It actually Nikki, changed everything. shall we shall we start at the beginning? And just explain what a walk-in is to people that may not have, you know, encountered it because it is something that's really fascinating. You know, would you like it just is, to explain to me what it is? Well, in two thousand and seven, a whole bunch of walk-ins came into the earth, and what it is, and people will probably get a little bit, you know, confused about this, but I'm going to clarify it. Thank you. What happens, and it goes to a, and it's a really, really specific kind of experience and a, and a, a specific mechanics behind it. It's not very common, but I think it was like the good ETs were kind of saying, can you hurry the bloody, hurry up. You guys need to hurry the bloody hell up, right? Because this stuff is happening. And what happens is your oversoul, you've got your, you've got your, You've got your oversoul, your soul, your monad, your avatar, your rishi, your ascended master. You've got all these bodies that are like an onion around you and they're much bigger than you that you have a connection to. And these connections have been cut off because of the dimensions, right? Because they, because there's a lot of technology out there that has cut us off from our multidimensional um, awareness, right? So what these, what the good good ETs did, or the Oversoul, or if you want to call them that as well, um, they made a connection with me, and it was like my higher self came in to my body, and the old Nikki left, and I had friends ringing me and saying, "Is this the same Nikki Columba that I'm talking to?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Now some people might. I think that that's possession and it's not it's not possession because possession is when you take over the the will 
which is in imposing some your will on somebody else, which goes against the number one universal law. Thou shalt not impose your will on somebody else, right? And they're breaking the laws here. The good ETs don't do that. You have to ask if you want to be want that to happen. But I had no idea this was going on. And it's when like it goes right down to a cellular level. It's not just the spirit comes in and you, you know, it really goes right into the cellular level of your cellular, cellular memory and they wake up your cellular memory to get you to hurry the bloody hell up because this world is changing and if you don't hurry up and wake up and wake up it's all going to turn to shit right so this is the motivation behind it because there is mechanics behind our mother earth who is, is definitely awoken right now and she's um the shackles are off and she is there to protect our, her children right now she's not putting up with any more abuse on of, of her children anymore so Back then, it was like an awakening, like, can you bloody, bloody hurry up? So that's why a whole bunch of walk-ins came in and they, overnight, I went from the old Nikki to the new Nikki. And I think that describes such a, a people call it Kundalini. I've looked up Kundalini. I've put all the stuff in Google and all these symptoms and up came Kundalini. A lot of people think, oh, you know, it's about sexual stuff. Well, it is, but that's a small part of kundalini and i just call it kundalini because that's how i um discovered what i didn't even know what bloody kundalini was until i you know just put the symptoms in like whoa so but in actual fact it's a consciousness shift yeah that's I what wanted, it is. yeah i wanted to describe it really as um taking out part of a personality and bringing in a new personality for a different purpose so walk-ins can be for many many reasons they can be through midlife and you can actually have a soul you know, return and a new soul placed in your body you can go that's through yeah and, and what it does it affects the actual consciousness of the person so instead of actually being the person you were once you're now a person with different thoughts, different feelings. But the strange thing about it is it happens almost instantly. So you'll go yes. to sleep one night and you'll go to sleep as somebody, you'll wake up and you've got all these new beliefs, all these new understandings. And it's like yes. your personality is shifted off the scale. And Absolutely. And your intelligence becomes off the off the off the scale like yeah. i hated school dom i hated school i hated it I couldn't wait to bloody get out of it i used to do all the singing and dancing in the theater and i loved all that and i hated school i hated the regiment of it and being forced to do something i really didn't want to do so therefore i wasn't really good at writing and and all this maths and science but i can tell you right now after being having those experiences I can tell you about physics. I can tell you mechanics behind ascension. I can tell you about how um, the rea how reality works and stuff. I can I, I've written um, I've written. I used to write for in five D. I've written my own ebook. I became a really good writer. I became I, I became more intelligent than I ever ever thought I could ever be, and that's what really just blew my mind. That my higher self obviously came in with all this intelligence and went bang. Yeah, it's about that and I could see deeper into things I could see wider into things I've had experiences where I can actually see 360 degree view and that yeah that is an amazing experience I was taken up into space and I was the eye okay I so could see 
360 degree view. That is your radial body that is around you that kicks in. It's like the projector of the hologram around you, like a disc around you. And you're not seeing like, it's like when you laugh and you say, oh, I wish I had eyes in the back of my head. I bloody did, but I had them all over, right? And so it depends on the particle spin of your consciousness of where the point of focus is that when that, that different particle spin hits a certain point, you can see it, right? Which is what we're doing right now. So imagine if I've got a hundred points, like I'm a star and every point gets access to every single dimension and you can see all that at once. Yeah, because we only see 30% of our own dimension around us. The, yeah. the dimensions are out there very deep and very strongly. The, the interesting part about any of this stuff is it's all about personal perception because once you start to experience it your perception shifts and you start to look for things and that's yeah. the difference because before that happens you just look at the things that you would normally look at you wouldn't even notice it when the shift happens everything becomes in focus and then you start to search and look differently and when you explain things you have no language to explain how you're actually feeling because you're not brought up with the familiarity of what it's like to be that way so it's a unique experience to the individual and it all can come in with what we commonly know as a walk-in but an exchange of energy into the soul because the soul yes. is the the conscious living part of all of us that is eternal and it could well be part of the alien agenda that the soul is so unique to humans that they want to understand how to reproduce that part of their eternal life structures and it could well be a big part of some of them what they're looking for but that's only conjecture but it's such an interesting part of why they're here because the well, actual they don't have access to those dimensions because we're connected to to source we come yeah, in absolutely. and out, in and out, in and out, totally. in and out of, we totally. come as with so fast of coming in and out of reality. We're always connected to source, always. We're never cut off, No, right? These, these other nasties cut themselves off a very, very long time ago and they want access to those other dimensions to get into the gates because because because, because of where we're at, our Stargate, our, we are called, Earth is called Stargate 3. They get access to this. They can pull the whole lot down because the whole thing is a cathara grid. It's a whole tree of light yeah. and all these other different dimensions, right? That's why they're helping us because what goes down here affects those guys up the top. Okay. And all our other bodies are representative are rep into the cathara grid, which is actually the tree of life, which is 12 spheres, not 10, 12. Everything's 12 based, not 10. With 10 base is AI. And we're in a dimensional blend at the moment. Well, I totally agree what with what you're saying. Let me let me ask you a question because I, I want to understand your take on something here. Yeah, because you've referenced it a few, you know, a couple of times in this interview. What's your take on time? Is time something that's real or is it something that is actually fabricated? Tell me, because you know, I mean there should be it's either a linear line, isn't it? Where you go from one or it's going to be a circle. So what's your take on that, Nikki? Okay, okay. Well, well, it's it, it looks like a line to us because of what our perception is where we just see a line, right? In actual fact, it's spherical. Everything is spherical. Everything goes around in a circle. It's spherical, not like a sphere. But the thing is, and the Mayans work this out too, is that everything is happening all at the same time in these other onions of layers 
we have other bodies in there that live just like us, you know, and they have, it's, it's real, they're probably a little bit more less um, carbon and more silicate. So they're more kind of see-through-y, they're more ghosty kind of like from here, it looks like that, that from their dimension, it's, it's solid. So we look from, say we're in, say I'm in, I'm in four or 5D, I, I perceive solidity in the fourth dimension. If I'm in 3D, I perceive solidity as 2D, like my, like my piece of paper here, that's 2D. So I, where, wherever you are in the consciousness you see below as solid. So all this is happening around us, at, around us, see that Freudian slip there, around us at the same time right now. It's just that we can't see it. Why? Because these nasty ETs have put a frequency fence around not only the earth, but our light body. And I've got proof of this. I have got proof of this, Dom, because I filmed it about a month ago when that silly guy in Korea let off those bloody ballistic missiles. And as he was, and I've got it on video and a picture. And, not, and I saw it and I'm like, holy shit, that's the frequency fence, right? So when, when the ballistic missile was going up, the fire from it was so bright, it lit up the net behind it. And I'm going, that's the net, that's the net. And the thing is, the 3D reality people can't see anything because that net is not only around their body, but it's also around the earth as well. People like you and I have broken through that net, that frequency fence, because our DNA has been upgraded and we have access to that now. And that's why you can be standing and right next to someone and go, can you see that chip up there? And they'll go, nah, you can't see it. It's right there. Nah, because they haven't broken through because their consciousness hasn't evolved or expanded because they've been kept down genetically. Okay. So, time, so happens all at the same time right it happens all at the same time and we have all these different layers and i've actually got photos as well of stuff in the upper magnosphere magnetosphere or the upper atmosphere pictures of um say i saw a scene there and i've got a picture of it of like a mountain and um you know and, and a river and like just like here it's all happening in these different layers, but we can't see it. But it, this, that's Nikki, what this, this is a long conversation if we go into that, because it's fascinating. And it's fascinating for me to think that, you know, reality is reality is reality. But whose reality are we actually seeing? The, the part of this, right, that we really look at is time is non-existent. It doesn't happen. So there's no future. There's no past. Everything is concurrent. It's like a big sandwich. Everything's on top of each other. And if we want to tap into that future knowledge, we can do it because it's all in here, because we've got a record of it. And it's whether we're aligned into that frequency of what's in our soul to how far we progress forward. And that can be very understanding when we go through things like alien abduction, experiences with ETs of different dimensional shifts, all that stuff is fascinating, but it all shows you that the rules that we've been shown are absolutely false. We live in a totally oh. false world of false realities and false understandings. And the reason we do that, and I was talking to a, a guy, I'm not going to name him on the show, but he's a very interesting guy. And what he talks about is the reason we haven't been introduced to ETs officially by governments isn't for any other reason apart from as soon as we're introduced, we will have then 
something to look at what we believe in, to judge by. So we'll have a comparison because there's species of ET out there that have their own beliefs, their own systems that are so far removed from where we are right now that we don't know that because we don't know of their existence officially. Those of us who do know about their official existence will actually have the comparisons to make and we can see how repressed our world is because we're not allowed to make those comparisons. So the reason ETs are secret, and the reason they are kept within the governments and within those sort of areas isn't for religious beliefs or anything like that. It's so we haven't got the ability to make comparisons to what they know, to what we know. And also, please, and while all, all your all your lovely people out there, oh, go away. Um, <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Um, please, when you start to see ET, do not worship them as gods. They do not. Um, they do not want um, you to give your power away over to somebody or some another entity um, worshiping them as gods because you are just as valuable. There's no value difference between any of us in the human race. We're all valued. It's just some of us a little bit further along than others. They do not, the good ones do not want any worship because you, they, you're giving your power away, right? Then just touching a little bit on before what you were talking about, like you triggered me and I thought, okay, it's what's happening is that cellular memory is being turned on. And this is the reason why they don't want like the governments and stuff like that, they really don't want that kind of stuff happening. They've got a lot of secrets, right? They've got a lot of high tech that they're keeping as yeah. well. And it's got to be at least 100, 200, God knows how much into the future, um, some, some of the advanced tech that they've got. It will be world changing when all this tech comes out and we won't have to rely on um, the oil and all this kind of stuff anymore. And they've got a lot of excuses. So now that's this yeah, a really interesting point, Nikki, that um, we haven't come any further along our use of rockets since the Second World War. Since 1945, we haven't come any further with our technology, officially. Unofficially, we got a space fleet. We've got... Oh, I've seen it. Yeah, I've absolutely. one of them materialize in my face. I was driving along, I picked up some someone in the airport and I was going over a bridge and bang, it was right there. And it looked like um looked like a TR8, which is the triangles ones. And on top of it, it was made out of melted rock like Machu Picchu. Yeah. 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 And it it's, materialized it's in front of my eyes. And, yeah. I, and I and I was so I was so like, oh my God, oh my God, I missed a turn off and, and got lost <laughs> to come back and I'm like I and that was on the Gold Coast, Don. Yeah, right so, yeah, I know Australia's got lots. I mean, Russia have got this big base at Kazistinyar. Um, there's so many places around that are studies on these things. And our technology has gone beyond what we actually understand to exist right now. So yeah. we, we don't know what we've got right now. We will do. But at this moment in time, we haven't got uh, any idea because they keep it secret from us. I need to round that little bit up because that's a really good bit. And thank you, Nikki. I think it's really quite interesting that we go from walk-ins to extraterrestrial agendas. Uh, yeah, I mean, we could talk for hours. I, I want to ask you something else on your resume that I was looking at because it's nothing, something else that will really interest the listeners. It's near-death experiences. Um, you you go into that quite a lot. I could go into 
so much of what you do, but I need to sort of just point out little bits of it. This is also a fascinating subject. Give us a little bit of an idea of what you see in near-death experiences. Okay. Um, well, this was during my lab, and um, it was on my birthday, and I was given the wrong antibiotics a week before, and they were poisoning me. And um, during my lab, it's very dangerous. They tried to take me out a couple of times. I think the good ETs come in at the right at the last minute and they saved my ass because I should have been dead by now. Okay. I really should have. Um, but, um, yeah, I was poisoned um, by the wrong antibiotics and um, and I knew it about a week later because I just wasn't getting better. And then it, was, it came to a stage where I was like, I can't, I'm like, Cody, can you ring the ambulance? I've got to get to the doctors right now. So I get there and um, they gave me a pill and I ended up going stiff and frothing at the mouth, the white blood cells or something like that. And I passed out. And then, um, and then I woke up and this was in the waiting room. They put me on the gurdy. This whole time I was in two dimensions at once. I was in, I was in this dimension, but uh, the 3D reality, but I was also in another another dimension as well and I'm lying there and my I can I could hear everything that was going on but I was paralyzed I was I was like eh, you know I couldn't move and I was so white I'm usually white anyway but I remember um the nurse asking my son um is your mother usually this white and and he was like humming and hurrying right because he's he does graphic art and, and games and stuff and he was deciding which white I was because there's a 10 different whites right and he's going like mm oh yeah yeah she's usually this this she's usually this white right and I really was white because I was I was in two dimensions at once and I could feel myself very very kind of um out of body very light and I could see the most amazing like crystal mansion castle it was huge I was like this tiny little land and this huge it's huge, great, big, kind of opalescent, um, um, see-throughy, huge mansion. Maybe they're called God's mansions or the God worlds or whatever. I'm not quite sure, but I was in definitely another reality. And I could see my little self walking up the little stairs and going in there, and it was emanating with light. There was no light source. The whole thing, the whole structure was was light. So it was kind of like a... Um, like neon light, kind of soft, nice. soft, yeah. and beautiful. And um, and I was just, I was walking through this beautiful mansion and I started singing and I realised I could sing really, really high, higher than Mariah Carey. And I'm like, this is so cool. It's amazing. Now, at this same time, I could also hear the rustle and bustle that was going on, like, you know, in the 3D reality, but I could also see and feel what was going on into this other and I'm thinking, wow, is this my house? Wow, I'm a really good uh, architect, <laughs> interior designer. Because it was, it was just stunning, Dom. It was, it, you do not realise how big, well, you probably do, but a lot of people don't realise how big these dimensions really are, how tiny we really are. I mean, it, the, the expansion of it was just so bloody big. It was just incredible. It was like something out of never-ending story, you know? Yeah. It was just so beautiful, right? But I could feel the emanation of the love. I have, I'm very, very blessed to have to experience just a very tiny little small smidgen of what unconditional love really feels like. 
and it is beautiful. It's nothing that I don't, I don't even have the words to tell you to describe it because it wasn't all happy, happy, joy, joy. I'm running around the house, yay, I'm in love. It wasn't kind of I'm in Samadhi, I'm a more blissed out. <laughs> it was kind of, it was kind of both, but another dimension altogether. And the love that I felt within my soul and my heart and, and, and um, you know, organic creator, um, organic creator sources love and compassion and everything like that, that we talk about here, that Buddhists and everybody talk about words. There are no human words to describe the feelings that I went through of, of experiencing yeah. the, um, it's the unbelievable love. And I realized that's what we really are. And it's been taken away from us. It's the only truth, really, isn't it? It's the universal love that is, you know, the re reality of where we are and how we perceive things doesn't really matter that much. We see things in depth and height and width, but they don't really exist in that way. We, we just perceive them in that way. So we it's, really it's, are love. We I know, really love. love. I know. We are um, love and we are created from love and we need to be reminded of that. And I was very lucky to experience a little bit of that. Now, I didn't want to come back. I was like those people out, out of body, body, and they're up there and they're like, well, this is so cool, I don't want to come back. And I didn't want to come back because this, this was just exquisite. There's just no words. But as I was starting to come back into my body, it was kind of a bit like a roller coaster, like you said, and I started to get heavier and heavier and heavier. It was like a crescendo where you're like, mm, and I could feel mm, like this D. Oh my God, it's so heavy here. It felt like I was, um, say, like I can imagine what an astronaut must feel like when they get back to ground and they take the suit off and they're like, whoa, you know, it's so heavy here. It's kind of like when you get out of the ocean and you're like, wow, I'm so heavy. It was kind of like that. And I could feel my spirit coming back into my body. And then I could feel my, the crescendo coming down. And then that was fading away. And then I was, uh, and then I awakened and to my daughter screaming at my husband saying, why didn't you bloody come and pick me up? Dad, mum's almost dying in the hospital, you bastard. <laughs> Nikki, look, this has been an amazing hour. We've had so much fun. We've gone through so many subjects, haven't we? And I've got one last question for you. But before I ask you that last question, what I want you to tell me about is your last piece of music you listen to. Oh, um, Silk Sonic. I'm smoking out the window, singing, uh, how could you do this to me? That's, that was, uh, that, that's your last piece. Of, right, okay. Um, you know, for people that don't know you, Nikki, you're a singer, right? You? You're a performer. You know, you've, yeah. you've done lots of bits and pieces on, you know, singing and doing the things that you want. I've got a, what did I find out about you? <laughs> Hang on. It was, um, you're like, I've got the music in me, don't you? You like that song? How did you know that, Dom? Oh, I've done a lot of deep diving into you as a person. Sure I, I have. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yes, I do. Yes, and I've sung with some amazing people too, and I've had a fantastic career. I started when I was a little girl, and I did ballet for ten years, and that, you know, I graduated into singing. I also, my parents said, you're not leaving school unless you have something behind you. Said, okay, I'll do hairdressing, anything to get me out of bloody school. So from hairdressing, I graduated onto makeup. So from those two um, professions, um, I've had an amazing career. I'm, I'm a little bit older now, and people don't hire me as much, and that's okay. 
I use my singing in other ways. I use it on my radio show and I do it for fun now more than slogging in high heels doing gigs for four or five hours every night, which I do not miss at all. <laughs> I love that. I love that human side of you, Nikki. Tell the listeners where they can hear your radio show if they want to get in touch with you. Tell them how to do all that stuff. So just give us the big take on, on Nikki Colombo. Okay, the Nikki Colombo show, it's on Truth Frequency Radio, tfrlive.com forward slash Nikki Colombo, N-I-K-K-I-C-O-L-O-M-B-O. And I'm on uh, Sundays Australian time at 11 o'clock. And this changes all the time because of bloody, you know, daylight saving. But if you just go to 6 p.m. Pacific time in America or 9 p.m. Um, New York time in America, because it's an American platform, but I'm the Aussie on there. Um, you'll find me every Sunday and um, my shows are live and you can come in on the chat room and that kind of thing and have a chat to me. I might even do a remote view on you if you're lucky. <laughs> and then it's for free. You can listen to it for free for a week before it goes on to um, um, uh, archives or subscription. And you can also find me on subscribestar.com forward slash Nikki Colombo. I have a heap of lots of free tools and techniques that can help everybody awaken shielding all that kind of stuff that'll help you with it and also there's different grades too if you want more um more stuff that's more um inclined or personal for you which i can do remote views on you too specifically too if you want to do that as well so they're the two main places you'll find me i'm on facebook i get banned all the time and then they, they bring me on and back and i go bye everyone and then i go don't leave and then they go, oh, okay, you know. So I'm on there off and on every now and then as well. I'm only on the other social medias as well, but mainly mainly Facebook and um, Truth Frequency Radio and my subscribe star. Yeah. Subscribe star is actually attached to um, um, my BitChute channel. And on my BitChute channel, oh boy, do I have some pretty hot stuff on there some pretty stuff stuff that you curl your ears to so that is that you can get um it's um you can get that when you go onto my subscribe star it's attached to it too so amazing so there you go. amazing nikki it's been an absolute pleasure for me to not only meet you but talk to you and discuss things with you yeah i mean you're a you're a unique energy and i love that there's not many unique energies left in the world you are one of those unique energies and i i want to you know i really wish you everything especially with telling people sharing with people and letting them know what's going on because there's so much more to discover so nikki colombo all the way from melbourne australia thank you very much for being a guest on twisted and misunderstood Oh, darling, thank you so much. I'm going to have to get you on my show too. So I'll send you some details when I've got a little slot there for you, darling. I'm usually booked out about three months ahead, but I'll definitely slot you in because I would oh. love to hear your story too. And I would love to do some research on your stuff too. You'll probably look at it and go, oh, it's the same blueprint as mine. <laughs> it is very.